If you want to hear more stories of missing planes and missing ships, don't miss the all new podcast coming from me. I will be hosting a brand new show that talks about the mysterious ships and planes that just seem to vanish at sea. I will be bringing you the all new podcast called Vanished by Air and Sea. This is If I Go Missing, a podcast where we tell the stories of those who have gone missing so that they aren't forgotten. And maybe, just maybe, we can help bring them the justice they deserve. I am your host, Megan. And I'm your co-host, Lynn. Are you ready to dive into another story? Always. Let's do it. Let's go. Hey everyone, welcome back to If I Go Missing. We are about to bring you the case of the Lost Girls of Panama. This is actually a story I had read about in the past and often wondered how it would end. However, it never occurred to me to do a show on this case until I stumbled upon a story about the Lost Girls of Panama and I was immediately intrigued. Once I began to check out the story, I realized it was the same case I had once taken so much of an interest in. At that point, I just knew I had to share it with y'all. The case of Chris Kramers and Lizanne Brune is interesting. The girls aren't Panamanian at all. They are actually two Dutch students who disappeared on April 1st, 2014 while hiking in Panama. Most of our stories do not have a resolution as is, you know, the nature of a missing persons case. To be honest, that is why I chose this type of true crime cases to deal on our shows, because so many people are not into them because of the lack of resolutions. To me, they're still just as important. But for you true crime lovers out there who just crave that resolution, congratulations, this story does have an ending. Well, that's unusual. I didn't say it was a happy ending. <laughs> I just said it had an ending. So, you ready? Let's do it. The mysterious disappearance of two Dutch sightseers visiting Panama mystified examiners and shocked societies on both sides of the Atlantic. Now, privately revealed reports divulge what happened. Welcome to the jungle, specifically the gloomy forest of the Talamanca Highlands. Back in 2014, two Dutch tourists, Chris Kramers, 21, and Lizanne Froon, 22, disappeared after setting out on a three-mile stretch of trail. The two young women left their host family's home to take the family's dog on a walk. The two women had been hiking around the Panamanian jungle for the past two weeks as part of a backpacking mission trip and intended to stay for the next four weeks with their host family to volunteer at a local school. However, after they waved goodbye to their host family at 11 a.m. on April 1st, they were never seen again. Later that night, the dog returned home without the girls. Wow. I mean, isn't it kind of odd that the dog would just show up? Yeah. I mean, animals have a sixth sense to get back to their home depending on the distance they have traveled. But without their host, without the one that took them out there? Mm-hmm. That should have immediately been a red flag. Yeah, I mean, I had wondered the same thing about, you know, did anybody kind of get a red flag with this? Or was it just yeah. me? Yeah, immediately. 
But I actually then came across an article saying that the host family knew something was off when the dog returned without the girls. So they actually decided to go out and search the area around their home. But after getting out there, they decided they needed to wait till morning and alert the authorities. Because, I mean, it's jungle. It's harsh terrain. It's, you know, there's a lot of poisonous things in the jungle. Yeah, I mean, it does make a lot of sense. I don't see waiting to alert authorities. I can't really no. make an explanation for that, but... Mm-hmm. I guess I figured the same. For the authorities, it would be just as hard for them, or almost as hard for them, to be traveling out in the jungle and stuff. Yeah. So, the next morning, the host family alerted the authorities when the girls failed to show up for a private walking tour they had set up. An aerial search of the forest was then conducted, as well as a foot search of the village and the lightly wooded areas by locals. By April 6th, the two women were still missing. This is five days later. That's not a good sign. Fearing the worst, the Kramers and Froon families flew to Panama, bringing with them detectives from the Netherlands. Along with local police and dog units, they searched the forest for 10 days. Days then turned into weeks, and after 10 weeks there, They had no more signs of Kramers or Froon than they had the day they started. Oh, that's so sad. Then, just as local police were slowing their search efforts, a woman who was a local turned in a blue backpack, claiming to have found it in a rice paddy along the banks of the river. Inside the backpack were two pairs of sunglasses, $83 in cash, Froon's passport, a water bottle, two bras, and both of the girls' cell phones, along with one of the girls' camera. Okay. This is, this is just not sounding promising. All of the items were actually said to have been in dry, good condition. It was also stated that the bag was not there the day prior. Yeah, that's... Mm-mm. There's definitely something interesting in that. I mean, not all what you would expect. From something, I mean, just like supposedly it had been lying in the jungle. Yeah. If it had, I mean, for what, weeks here, right? It had to have gotten some sort of sort of wet or, I mean, because jungles are moist, correct? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're usually, they're, 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 they're. I mean, that's down there by like rainforest jungle yeah, areas. There you go. Yeah, that's okay. what I'm thinking. Yeah. So it's like, mm, I mean, I'm okay. not like a topography expert, but <laughs> well, I'd I mean, like to say I picked up a thing or two. Well, what about, like, the cell phones and cameras? Were there, like, any pictures of the girls that they'd taken long or anything interesting? Oh, isn't there. Okay. Police immediately investigated the camera and the phones and came up with some disturbing evidence. Didn't want to hear that. The phones had remained in service for almost 10 days after the women disappeared. Over just four days, 77 separate attempts had been made to call police, both via 112, the emergency number in the Netherlands, and 911, the emergency number in Panama. Using the call logs, police were able to come up with an outline of the time the girls spent missing in the forest. Using the call logs, the police were able to come up with an outline of the time that the girls spent missing in the forest. The first two emergency calls had been made just hours after Kramers and Froon had begun their hike. Due to the dense jungle, neither of the attempts went through. 
it blocked a lot of the signal. Yeah, that actually makes sense, but that's just so sad. And in fact, out of all 77 calls, only one managed to make contact, but broke up after just two seconds. Wow. Police also discovered that on April 6th, Several unsuccessful attempts were made to unlock Kramer's phone with an incorrect PIN number. By April 11th, both phones were dead. Though the call logs were disturbing, it was nothing compared to the camera. Yeah, because the, the phone issue, I mean, it's a lot of attempts to call. And so for, for, for a while, they had their phones. They had everything you would think capable to contact someone for help. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know that I want to see what the camera held. Well, ready or not, here we go. The first photos on the camera were taken the morning of April 1st when the women had left for their hike. The photos showed them on a trail near the Continental Divide. Though nothing about these really led police to become suspicious. They seemed like your average touristy type photos. But then things turned bizarre. Okay. A single image, image number 509 to be exact, was erased from the camera and is no longer retrievable. Okay. Authorities confirmed that such a deletion cannot be accomplished from the camera alone as it necessitates connecting the device to a laptop. No more photographs are taken on the camera until April 8th. This second set of photos were the ones that set everyone on edge. The photos that caused so much worry were taken in the dead of night between the hours of 1 and 4 a.m. on April 8th. The photos showed the girls' belongings spread out on rocks, plastic bags and candy wrappers, oddly piled mounds of dirt, a mirror, and most worrisome, the back of Kramer's head with blood leaking from her temple. Their intent is unclear, but they seem to chronicle an important event, like a fall or a death or a parting, which the photographer needed to remember. Why would the girls photograph that? I kind of have two theories. One, it wasn't them. It was someone trying to relive their crime. Or, two, it was because Chris was injured and Lizanne needed to photograph this to know how to get back to her. But I don't see how candy wrappers and stuff would help with that. Well, I mean, I guess that's like a breadcrumb trail. And it actually is one of the main theories. And this theory in full circle says that... Chris Kramer's suffered an injury during the hike, and Froon perhaps used the camera for light. Okay. Or to document Kramer's last known whereabouts before seeking help. If harm came to Kramer's, the photos could have been intended to help rescuers determine her location based on visual markers. And that does make sense. If she's injured and Lizanne has got to leave her, in order to help her, I can definitely see that photograph. Not only that, it, it, it kind of documents her injury so they know when she finds somebody to help them, all right, we need to take medical attention. We need to take this kind of medical attention, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it all, that all kind of makes sense. 
in a way. My theory about the perpetrator documenting their crime mm-hmm. is my theory alone. It's just because that's how a lot of criminals are. Yeah. But that's just my theory. After the discovery of the backpack, though, with the photos and everything that they had found, the search for the young women began again, this time in a different area. Authorities investigated along the Rio Colebra, a.k.a. the Serpent River, near the village of Alto Romero. This was far from the trail Creamers and Faroon originally set out for, meaning they either got lost or changed their itinerary. Or were they running from somebody? And they got totally befuddled in the jungle, not knowing where they were at. This time, the search turned up something. Kramer's clothing, neatly folded and arranged on the river's edge. The shorts appeared zipped and folded, placed above the waterline, about a half mile upstream from where the local tribal woman allegedly found the backpack. Curiously, the garments showed up on the opposite side of the river from where the women took all of their photos, almost like someone wanted it to be found. This is the part in our story where we begin to reach a conclusion about what really happened to the girls. Yeah, that... Why would you fold the clothes all neatly? Doesn't make sense. No. Nuh-uh. So, about two months later, after discovering Kramer's clothes... Further searches finally turned up human remains. Searchers found a pelvic bone and a shoe behind a tree along the river where the backpack had reportedly appeared. The shoe still contained a sock and an intact human foot and ankle bones with enough flesh for DNA testing. By the end of August 2014, DNA tests linked the foot to Froon. Soon after that, the bones of both women were discovered. Investigators would later uncover more bones and bits of skin, numbering up to 33 skeletal fragments. They also found bits of Kramer's skin in the jungle. I can believe that because my guess is they were running. There's no telling how scratched up and cut up you would get in a jungle. But, get this. Oh, goodness. While the young women were evidently dead, none of the evidence explained how they died. The bodies were in pieces, like literally scattered by the river over time. So much was lost there. No marks on the bones indicated damage. And some of the bones appeared bleached. You say appeared bleached. Did they do chemical testing to see if it was, in fact, bleach or some weird, funky sun water bleaching or something? I like where you're going with this theory, but if one bone was normal color and one appeared bleached and they are both in the jungle for the same amount of time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. um, But it's a theory. Yeah, grabbing at straws. I don't, I don't like. I don't like the other theory. I hate that. 
Lizzie and Prune's bones looked as if they had decomposed naturally as there were still bits of flesh attached to them. What is confusing, though, is the state of Kramer's remains. Kramer's bones were stark white, giving them the distinct look of having been bleached. Aside from the bleached bones belonging to Kramer, the only other suggestion of injury was remnants of bones from Froon's foot. Though a broken foot wouldn't have killed her. Now that authorities had, quote, found the women, they still were no closer to knowing how they died. Okay, so now are they investigating this as a homicide? Honestly, I don't know if anyone ever truly called it a homicide. As we see way too much in these tourist towns, they like to make everything seem like an accident to protect tourism. And that's real good because just don't worry about what really happened to me. Let's make it look good. Mm. But we will touch more on how the case was handled in a bit. Now, authorities were facing the struggle of trying to determine why and how the women had died. They began looking for persons of interest. They tried to figure out if the women had any company besides the dog. The innkeeper they spoke to said Froon and Kramers were alone and had asked for directions before the hike. At this point, again, no one was with them. However, police later learned from a Facebook post that the pair met with some people before their trip. In the post, Froon and Kramers said they shared brunch with two Dutch men on the last day anyone saw the women. However, no reports have cropped up about these two men. Okay, so we don't even know who these men are. No. Around March 2015, almost a year after Kramers and Froon traveled to Panama, investigators at last reached their conclusion. Their research into the case suggested that the women most likely suffered some sort of accident along the trail, but then became lost in the forest. Froon had supposedly fallen a great distance and died either in or near the river. Supposedly, her foot would support this theory, but it was not in the river. It was just near it, so I don't really see how they could place her dying in the river. But anyway, it's not my job. Well, your body would have water evidence, too. The lungs would. Yeah. And they didn't find the her lungs. The tissue would um, absorb water, would it not? Not as long as they took to find that. True. Could yeah. drive back out. Not as long as it took to find True. the evidence. Okay. I guess that makes sense. The photos that were taken showed the date of when the women tried contacting emergency services and that it was likely after Kramer suffered her injury. But in the dark, they couldn't find their way back. Froon died trying to exit the forest, leaving Kramer's dead or dying. The remains then decomposed thanks to the river, rain, and then ended up scattered miles away. There is finally a resolution to the mystery, and the case could rest. Still, some people weren't so sure. Yeah, I, I gotta agree with those some people. I'm not so sure either. I mean, it, none of it explains. I mean, it it makes sense. The way, the way it's explained there, it makes sense. But it doesn't explain what happened to these girls. Um, why one of the girls' bones appeared bleached. Yeah. Um, and also, 
it also would not explain that missing photograph. No. I mean, and if it had to be deleted on a laptop, I don't think these women are carrying laptops through the jungle with them. And if they did, you would have found it in the jungle or it would have been in the backpack. There you go. But, you know, most people are like us and are genuinely unsatisfied with the outcome of this investigation. Many claim the Panamanian authorities botched their handling of the case. According to a website called Ranker, a writer for the Panama paper La Australia, Adela Coriat said the whole thing was a mess. She reported that there was no chain of custody established for the recovered evidence or the remains. She also said that 30 prints found on the backpack not only remained unidentified, but none of the indigenous peoples involved in... <clears throat> she also said that 30 prints found on the backpack not only remained unidentified, but none of the indigenous peoples involved in the case had their prints recorded. She voiced further concern over the investigation of the electronics, saying that the condition of the equipment, the way it was found, was inconsistent with the place where it turned up. The lack of damage to the equipment was very suspicious, but the police didn't even investigate this matter, and they also failed to scrutinize that photo deleted off the camera. This local writer was not the only one to feel this way. A lawyer for the Kramer's family voiced concern about the handling of the case. He claimed there wasn't a forensic investigation conducted at the crime scene and the evidence and its sources remain unverified. Furthermore, still lost are the women's skulls and other major bones, which may reveal a more definitive cause of death. Yeah, and, and I, I get it. They found it. They did DNA, made sure it was those women. But I agree also, you, you need a little more than a foot or a leg. Or, or if you found that, then somewhere in an X amount of space has got to be the rest of these women. Better start digging. Yeah, something. Got to be something. Because of this mishandling of evidence, conspiracy theories and suggestions of cover-ups by the police and government gained a lot of steam. Makes sense. I mean, a lot of people were putting on their little tinfoil hats with this one. Yeah. Some believe the indigenous people of the area may have killed the pair and even worse, eaten them. Oh, oh. And are now hiding the crime by turning over the evidence and seeming to cooperate, which actually kind of fits if you think about it. Yeah, that really kind of does, doesn't it? That's so horrible. Oh, that is so horrible. And the fact that it fits is even more horrible. Others suggest the deaths are possibly the work of the cartels mm. or organ traffickers. Oh, my land. Which would explain why the bodies were in pieces. Oh, gosh. While there are plentiful theories about what truly happened, one common theme revolves around the government and the authorities in Panama intentionally keeping it quiet. It makes no sense. I got it. You don't want to make your country or your area or tourist area, whatever it is, look bad or scare people to go there. it! why would you keep it quiet? This is going to go back to what we briefly touched on earlier, but a lot of people think it was kept quiet to protect the ever-sacred tourism. 
Panama is one of those countries who has their main source of revenue coming from tourism. If they tell the world that, you know, hey, two women went missing, then turned up dead and in pieces, and you know what? So far, we've only been able to find a few of those pieces. That could be a serious problem for the country financially, you know. That's what's important. But on the other flip side of that coin, if they were to do this and do it correctly and get some answers, that makes you feel secure to go to that country. It restores the trust that had been broken. Yeah, exactly. But nobody sees it this way. None of these tourist companies, cruise ships, yeah. whatever, nobody sees it this way. Just cover it up. Keep it quiet. No, no. because people are going to dig. Exactly. I'm going to dig if it's my family. And honestly, I would rather tell the truth yeah. and regain the trust than let these people start putting on their mm -hmm. little pointed tinfoil hats and yeah. coming up with their conspiracy theories and how the aliens were involved. Yeah. I, my, my, um, I have always said, I will not go to jail or hell for a lie. And, and I mean that. I will tell the truth. And if I spend the rest of my life in jail because I told the truth, by God, I told the truth. But... I'm not going to sit there and cover up something that happened. I mean, this is somebody's lives. And you have a bad memory. I have a bad memory, yeah. Forget what my life was. <laughs> but, but I never lied. <laughs> You're going to screw it up, kid. <laughs> but this is people's lives, people's children, people's family you're messing with. Mm -hmm. They deserve to know. Yeah. And bonk your tourism. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's going to make people less likely to do these horde crimes in your tourism area if mm -hmm. they know that you're going to search their butt out and you're going to punish them. Yeah. It's a sad fact, but, you know, Sears' investigation was really never done. No, it doesn't sound like much investigation was done at all. Regardless of tourism, the government still needs to do its job. If this was a murder, they're basically just saying to the perpetrator, mm -hmm. go ahead and kill again because we're not going to try to find out what happened. Amen. Yep. Come down here. You can kill all you want to. Yeah, I mean, um, has anything similar ever occurred, like, after or before in this area? Kind of, like, similar to this case? Actually, between 2009 and 2017, over 24 other tourists have gone missing in this area or turned up dead. Well, let's not report that, because we would be hurting tourism bad to do that. A revisiting of this case in 2017 brought up enough evidence to suggest these disappearances, including those of Brune and Kramers, may have links to a serial killer. Leaked law enforcement reports suggested someone dismembered the young women and scattered their remains deliberately, which might have happened to others as well. Previously, authorities said the river and scavengers scattered the remains, but a state judicial report indicated otherwise. The evidence finally pointed to a homicide. This scattering and things like that of the bones, on top of all the other unanswered questions, like why the two women ended up so far from the main trail, some start thinking that it was a slaying. Heartbreaking as it is, I gotta agree with those some. Still to this day, we do not have a true answer as to what happened, and a lot of internet groups still converse about this case today. Yeah, because there are so many pieces missing to this puzzle, there is no connection. No. 
and that's what I don't understand. You call yourself an investigator. Have you ever put a puzzle together? Do you just start putting pieces together? No. You start and you find your outside pieces. You find your outer perimeter on this thing and you start working in toward where the main evidence was found. Mm -hmm. You you do. I don't know. How do you let that many crimes just slide under the rug? I mean, come on. I have no idea. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I know there are drug cartels somewhere in that area of the world and. I got it, and I guess law enforcement could be even afraid of afraid of that stuff. But you shouldn't let people die. You shouldn't be a law enforcement. No, no, you're in the wrong line of work. My thought is, creepy as it is, I really feel like the indigenous people killing and eating them was probably the most likely. Yeah, that's disgusting, but true. I mean, you know, maybe feet don't taste all that great, so they left it. Oh, good lord. I can't imagine if it would taste very good. Oh, my gosh. I can't even. I cannot even. But I would think that the family they were staying with would have warned them that was in the area. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'd you'd think they'd have to know because locals would have to know to avoid and things like that. Yeah. So so maybe that's not quite as a possible theory as I thought. Possible. And it says something about them being on a mission trip. So... I, you would think somehow the people that are housing them would have a little more protective feeling of them. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, obviously they trust them enough to let them take their dog random places. Yeah, yeah. That's another thing. Gross. Why would you chop up and eat the humans, but not the dog? That leads more to like some sort of killing, like yeah. the serial killer theory. Yeah, yeah it kind of does. Because that I mean, the serial killer wouldn't want the dog. Yeah. Dogs can't talk. Yeah. But why mess with it? But then again, it's odd for a serial killer to show any kind of emotion towards anything, especially in animals, as they often start off with small animals. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, unless it just really wasn't on its to-do list that day to kill the dog... Yeah. I don't know. Or while he was getting the girls, girls the dog, dog got away. away. Yeah. Mm. Okay. That's horrible. That's so sad for them and their families. And somebody also might want to note the breed of the dog and never get another one. Yeah. Not a very defensive dog. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of If I Go Missing. I'm your host, Megan, and I put a lot of thought and hard work into these episodes. I write, edit, and produce them all myself, and it means a lot to me that you guys take the time to listen. If you would like to follow us on social media, our Instagram is at If I Go Missing Podcast. Then we also have our Twitter, and that one is at Megan Noel Pod 
If you want to reach out and suggest a case, you can do that on Instagram or Twitter by sending us a DM. We also have a Facebook page called Megan Noel Podcast. And we also have discussion groups for the podcast. And the name of the discussion group is If I Go Missing, a podcast.